0: gentlemen welcome back to pixel snobs i am your gaming sommelier nigel heighten
1: and i am your gaming garcon eric parker
0: oh the the little french twist you put on at the end (laughs) just delights me every single time i love it i maybe i need to get a little more frenchy when i do it um but that's neither here nor there so folks guess what this is our first episode of 2024 how fun is that Woo! yes so fun and uh along with this being the beginning of 2024 me and eric have a pixel snobs resolution that we are going to do and resolution isn't actually resolution it's more just uh doing a little bit of shopkeeping and uh just a little update on how things are going to roll from here on out so me and eric have been chatting and we want to try to get more episodes out on a regular basis so we are going to go from one episode a month to a whopping two (laughs) episodes a month uh we are going to do one standard episode the typical like we are focusing on this one game here are the categories here's the artistic value of that game that whole song and dance, and then we're going to have different episodes where things are a little more laid back, a little more loosey-goosey, and uh, a little more, you know, just go with the flow kind of thing, and today's episode is actually a great example of that. Uh, We are doing 2024's most anticipated games uh, for me and Eric, but before we do that, another change that we are going to be making is... uh, Me and Eric thought it would be kind of cool to uh, start the episode out just kind of sharing what games we have been playing in our free time just for kicks and giggles and not necessarily for the podcast, what we've been doing to uh, unwind a little bit. So, Eric, uh, well, I already know what you've been playing (laughs) (laughs) because I've heard a lot about it. But why don't you tell the good folks at home what you've been playing?
1: Yeah. So just a quick, you know uh taking a few steps back. The yeah, so the main thing is we want to just be more consistent. So this is a bit of a accountability on y'all's end as well. Uh and then two, we're trying we might be trying out a couple new things. It's a new year. We might try out some new things. Just uh it would be great to get feedback, whether it's on the Instagram or if you know us in real life, you text us, talk to us, whatever about different things that we might be trying if you think they're working, if you don't think they're working, if you think they need a little tweak. So, yeah, one of them is just kind of giving updates on what we've been currently playing because, believe it or not, uh, we play other video games than the ones for the podcast uh, on a fairly consistent basis. So, Nigel's already been messing with me that I've been playing just a ton of Baldur's Gate 3. I finally caved and got it, mainly because I had some birthday money uh, that, along with the Steam winner sale. So, I bought a ton of games but uh I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 for the past like few days a lot. Uh before that, I was playing a lot of Mountain Blade Bannerlord, uh, which is like a which is like a kind of t- medieval simulation RTS game. And then for those of you who don't know, Baldur's Gate is a really immersive D esque RPG that's just super addictive. So what have you been playing, Nigel?
0: Yeah, Baldur's Gate I think has been touted as like one of the best games ever made. And so I am looking forward to playing it, but I'm I'm kind of going through my backlog of games right now. And speaking of which, the game that I have up on deck currently is Cyberpunk 2077, which was quite divisive when it came out. Uh, I oh, I think we've talked about this briefly on the show before, haven't we? Eric?
1: Yeah, I think we talked about maybe when we were discussing some other games that have were buggy when they came out. I think maybe when we did the errors tour episode. But yeah, I mean, if, for those of you who don't know, Cyberpunk was pretty pretty hyped up, and then it came out and it was good, but it was really buggy, and a lot of people said it was almost so buggy that they couldn't enjoy it or play it. But uh, last month they rolled out a new uh, DLC along with a bunch of updates and apparently the game is just stellar now.
0: It is stellar. It It went from one of the most disappointing moments of my video game career to one of the best experiences I've had in an RPG. It is so, 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 so good. And I I think... After you play it, Eric, you're going to want to do an episode on it. Because I definitely want to do an episode on it. It's so, so good. And uh, I'm already thinking of, like, what kind of character I'm going to make my second go around. And uh, it it is the game that I wanted it to be when it came out. Because when it came out, it was definitely unplayable. I remember vividly there was one moment where my guy was driving a motorcycle. And then all of a sudden he was T-posing on it. And his pants were gone. (laughs) So... uh, so that was my cyberpunk experience when it first came out, but, uh, I've been playing that and that's pretty much it. Honestly, I've just been playing cyberpunk 2027 20, and it's awesome. I mean, uh, 20, 20, 2077, excuse me. Uh, but anyway, speaking of the 2020s, it's time to dive into our most anticipated games of 2024.
1: Bah, 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 bah.
0: Thank you, Eric. No uh, so we, we're we going to start out with the honorable mentions first, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So basically we were sitting down and we kind of discussed it actually really stemmed from I was spending a bunch of money on the Steam winners sale that <clears throat> had been given to me for my birthday specifically to spend on like video games. And I was trying to decide if I wanted to go uh, pretty hard and like spend all of it on video games in that moment because there was a bunch of stuff on sale. And Nigel kind of asked well, is there anything that's coming out this year that you're like really excited about? And it kind of started a, a conversation between us of, of beginning to think about games that were coming out and being intrigued by ones and doing a little more research. So we then independently came up with our own list. So we should preface off the bat. Me and Nigel don't know each other's lists. We might know, we might be able to guess certain games just because we know what each other enjoys when it comes to video games. And we did have a brief conversation but we are completely unaware of the actual list but yeah we want to start off with a couple uh a couple honorable mentions which i only have two uh because i did find a decent amount of games i like but i really only have two uh and they're mainly honorable mentions cuz i don't know a lot about them uh like trailers and write-ups about the games make them seem interesting but i'm not super uh, familiar with much else. So I'll, I'll give one of my honorable mentions and you give one of yours. you ready. I'm ready. All right. So my first honorable mention is a game called banishers ghost of new Eden. It's by uh, it's from the game dev. Don't nod, which are most well-known for, I'd say life is strange, which is very like oh. story. Dr- yeah. It's a very like story narrative driven thing. This game definitely takes a new twist. It's still got kind of like maybe the little darker, like undertones by the looks of it. Um, but it's labeled as a story driven action RPG. Um, where you gotta like basically you're in this like late 1600s paranormal ghost thing and you're like fighting as a guy against like these hauntings. It's very interesting looking and uh, I'm uh, I'm interested to see according to steam it comes out february 13th so it's one of the earlier releases in the year so i'll be interested once it comes out to see people's opinions on it because it looks like it could be cool also i have no idea what it could be
0: (laughs) yeah i dig paranormal stuff a lot uh actually one of the games i have on the list is sort of paranormal ish in nature Uh, So that's definitely a game I'll be very curious about and might want to uh, dip my toes into. Now, my honorable mention, which, Eric, you might be shocked that I'm putting this on honorable mention because I'm such a fan of this franchise, but my honorable mention is Star Wars Outlaws.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Now, the only reason I'm putting in honorable mention and not like top five is I'm pretty skeptical of Ubisoft games. <laughs> um, I mean, I used to be a huge Ubisoft fan, but they very consistently make like pretty good games. Like they're never like amazing. Like I can't, the last like really, really good Ubisoft game I remember playing was Assassin's Creed for Black Flag. And that was. Ages ago, that I've been like blown a lot. Excuse me, blown away by anything in their studio. So I am excited for Star Wars Outlaws, and the gameplay trailer that came out a while back looks super sick. But I'm I'm a bit skeptical since it's Ubisoft. So I'm trying not to get too hyped up about it. So that is why it's on honorable mention. And for those that are not aware of the premise of Star Wars Outlaws, you basically play as this girl who's like a Han Solo-esque character, and you're kind of getting into like the nitty gritty side of Star Wars. Um, Sort of like what I think Star Wars 1313 was aiming to be (laughs) before it got canceled. Uh, That was one of the most disappointing cancellations of my life in the world of video games. But Anyway, so uh, it does look good. I'm just concerned because it's Ubisoft, so... That's fair. And we'll
1: have... It's on my list in some regard. That's the only spoiler I'll give, so we can talk more about it when we get to that. But, yeah. Uh, My only other uh, honorable mention is a game called Dustborn. It's by a developer, Red Thread Games, which is not a developer I was familiar with or recognized any other games they had um it's got a super interesting aesthetic uh to the point where i would be curious about us doing this as an episode of the podcast like the game has a very like borderlands mixed with um road 96 vibe with like the art interesting yeah with like the art style and some of the alternative looks of the characters and it's labeled as a single player story driven action adventure game about hope Love friendships, robots, and the power of words. Uh it's got a lot of like punk looking stuff, and it's about a road trip as you're trying to deliver something across like North America and this like I think dystopian kind of looking North America. So I think it'd be an interesting game to maybe do for the podcast, but um
0: I'm looking at screenshots right now, and Borderlands mixed with Road 96 was literally the perfect description. This I know. Looks-
1: yeah, it pretty looks, tight. Yeah, it looks like it could be interesting. Again, not familiar with the game studio, not familiar with much else about the game, which is why I threw it on the uh, the back burner there.
0: Well, it looks like it's being published by quant- Quantic Dreams.
1: Maybe. I, don't know. Uh,
0: I just saw a logo that had red oh, pub- yeah Quantic- publisher
1: quant yeah never mind it says publisher is Quantum Dreams.
0: Okay, I figured they must have been the publisher since you said Red Thread was developing it. Quantic Dreams... uh, Shoot, what have they done? Detroit Become Human. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they did that Indigo Prophecy game um, from ages ago. But anyway, uh, that dude, that actually looks super tight. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks really interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, so now on to our actual list, which... Mine is not very organized. I'm just kind of, like, equally hyped for all five of these games. There isn't really one over another. But, uh, Eric, do, well, do you want me to go? Yeah, 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 Go first. Okay, cool. So, my first game is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which mm-hmm. you did not play... Have you played the original Final Fantasy VII, Eric?
1: No, I've played, like, one Final Fantasy, and I think it was ten.
0: So I've never been, like, a huge Final Fantasy guy, but I remember when remake Final Fantasy VII Remake was announced, everyone was losing their bonkers Wasn't fi- Isn't
1: and Final I- Fantasy VII, like, one of the better Final Fantasies and, like, what JRPG fans would rate them?
0: Yeah, it's one of the gold standards of JRPGs and it also has one of the larger twists in video game history.
1: Oh, you know what I do know about that twist, but we'll we'll not mention it. But yeah, I know about that
0: one. Well, here's the interesting thing is so the remake came out and there's this whole like kind of subplot in it where there Basically, by the time the game ends, they make it very clear that they're not going to be following the original storyline of the original Final, Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII. And that made it really interesting. And I liked liked it a lot. I, I actually played through the original Final Fantasy VII before I did remake just so I could appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. So Rebirth is... Uh, where the original Final Fantasy starts to like open up and becomes more quote unquote open world, which it wasn't really open world for that time, but uh, you know, in that same vein. So I'm pretty psyched for that. And uh and I and I really like the interesting direction that they're going in of like doing an original storyline and deviating from the storyline they had in place with the original game. So I'm I'm really curious what they end up doing with it yeah
1: Yeah. that one's hard for me to comment on because i just don't know anything about final fantasy for the most part but it definitely like if that's the direction they're going in it it's going to be either like a big success or probably a big like controversial game based off of i feel like jrpg fans can be pretty intense
0: yeah, I feel like they kind of got the controversy out of the way with the first one because there was yeah you're right there was some pushback but it wasn't most people were like oh this is interesting and there was even like a plot reason for why it was different
1: right right and
0: so I think that kind of made it more interesting as well so it, it it's still keeping in like the spirit of the original game and still having like all the original locations and all the original
1: characters
0: it just seems like it's going to play out a little differently than it did originally it's sort of like a a reimagined story i guess and and also for your sake eric just so you're aware each final fantasy game like you don't have to know about the other games oh yeah, yeah yeah individual story again
1: i was like i don't know i was like 12 when i decided to play final fantasy 10 on like the PlayStation 2 and that was the only Final Fantasy game I played and like it was a good game because it was a self-contained story like yeah I know that it's just yeah It part. I mean we've talked about this before on the Q&A episode when someone asked us about our favorite JRPG and we kind of mentioned that it and I know this is a bit hypocritical with me talking about how I'm playing Baldur's Gate right now but it sometimes feels like JRPGs just require a lot of time like to really get to the meat of those games Uh um and you kind of mentioned your experience with persona five over covid how you probably wouldn't been able to enjoy the game as much as possible if you if it wasn't covid so it's like that's kind of always been my hang-up but no i mean final fantasy is a gold standard when it comes to that stuff and i'm sure any remake is gonna
0: be received super well yeah so yep pretty exciting uh it is your turn eric so, my number five is
1: again a game that, similar to the two honorable mentions, I didn't know a lot about like the devs that were releasing it or um, a lot about everything. But this one just seemed to have the highest like ceiling out of all the games. Uh, and it's called Flintlock The Siege of Dawn, uh, which is labeled as an action role playing game from the third person. Uh, and a quick synopsis is the player assumes control of nor Vanek, a member of a coalition who must save mankind from extinction by fighting against the old gods. Um, and the reason I put it at number five, instead of honorable mention, even though it's not still rated that high is it seems again, like it has the biggest potential. Cause it looks super like I watched some trailers. I even watched some gameplay stuff. It just looks like it could be really fun to play. Like if it, if it, is if the controls are figured out well, if there's a good story, like it could just be one of those games that comes out and just kind of like is a new IP that, that does well. It reminds me a little bit of like some of the more I'd say like single player action narrative games that have like come to the PS, like the PlayStation in the past few years. Uh, Like, you know what I mean? Like uh horizon zero dawn or like God of war, like very, very heavily story driven single player, like, like big action game. So because it's also in that vein, I feel like it has a higher likelihood of at least being pretty dang good. Um But it's by uh, a group called Kepler interactive is the uh, publishers developed by a 44 games. And I don't know anything about either of those groups.
0: Yeah. Uh, I've never heard of them either.
1: <laughs> so it'll be quite the, uh, the like, let's just see, but it looks like it could be really fun. So it
0: kind of has a uh, Prince of Persia aesthetic to it. I could see that. I could definitely
1: see that a little bit. Yeah. Uh
0: well definitely uh definitely looks interesting, and we'll have to uh keep an eye on Keeps this. Keep some tab- boy.
1: tabs on them.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting you said God of War because like killing gods is like the whole thing. <laughs> the, right, in, right. In the in the original games it was in the Not the remake, but like the sequel series that's out now. It's not quite that. But all right. Well, my next game, which is interesting, you just brought up Persona because my next game is Persona 3 Reload, which is a remake of the third game. And it's going to be on Xbox Game Pass.
1: What I'm learning is you don't want to actually try new games this year. You just want to play remakes.
0: Well, give me a ch- well. Actually, now that you say that, <laughs> you have a good point. Now that I'm looking at the rest of my list, dude. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but but uh, I but I've never played Persona Three. I never played it. Um, so it's gonna be like a new game. To me. I
1: mean, new to you, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. I avoided remakes for the most part just because I felt like I was more curious about new IPs or or you know unique uh re-implementation of ips but i mean yeah they're pro- i mean i think every year there are some good remakes i was trying to get a little off the beaten path but
0: well to be fair this is uh, like i said i've never played this game the other remake i have not mentioned is i never played that game either and it's like kind of a reimagining of it and then final fantasy 7 rebirth is like i mean look at the original final fantasy 7 and the gameplay in that and then compare it to the remake and it's very different. <laughs> it's just the same characters and the same setting. Eric, you sound disappointed in me.
1: I am disappointed in you. I feel like feel like you got to get more. I uh, feel like you got to get more. You know, variety is the spice of life, Nigel.
0: Well, to be fair, the games that are not in my top five probably would be higher if they had solid release dates. I just. I'm not 100% sure if they're coming out in 2024. Oh, so see, I didn't
1: I didn't worry too much about that. I, if the games were projected for this year, I just kind of went with it for like uh for like uh you know what? I'm I'm going to be hopeful that it is going to come out this year. But I mean, besides okay. the point, yeah, Persona's obviously another gold standard in that like JRPG framework and you you enjoy Persona 5 a lot. I, you've talked to me about that quite a bit. So Obviously, that is, uh, it makes sense that that would scratch an itch for you.
0: Yes. And I have to do a quick shout out to one of my former students at my old church, uh, Dalton Jenkins. He is borrowing my PlayStation profile right now so he can play Persona 5 while he recovers from having his wisdom teeth removed. <laughs> so he's going to have plenty of time to uh, beat it. And, Honestly, uh, probably
1: still not enough time for Persona 5.
0: Probably not. I Like you mentioned before, I had COVID to play Persona 5, and it took me 120-ish hours. <laughs> so, Which is uh, just
1: crazy to me.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so I... If I finished this game, I would be shocked. Persona 3, I would be. But I, I like the whole, like, fighting monsters thing. There's kind of like a Pokemon vibe to it. And then the other aspect of it is sort of like more of a social thing. And I love social games sort of like Animal Crossing and stuff like that. So it, it scratches my Pokemon itch and my Animal Crossing itch all in one game. So that is Persona 3 Reload. All right, so
1: my number four is a game that, um, man, you want to talk about cozy? You want to talk Mm -hmm. about, like, you're just ready to get a nice warm cup of coffee or tea, whatever your warm beverage of choice is, and curl up and play this game. It's called Lightyear Frontier.
0: (gasps) That was on my list for not nailed down
1: wow it says uh it's it they say it's supposed to come out march of 2024 oh really yeah that's what steam says oh i probably would have put it higher if i know well you can see who does the real research here uh listeners so yeah
0: hey i was at work when i made this list okay give me a break
1: all right Lightyear frontier do you want to keep that in the podcast episode (laughs) what that i was at work yeah yeah, the, none of them listen to it except Robert. You I was gonna say like, you literally told me there's a guy from New York who listens to our podcast.
0: Listen, I was on my lunch break. All
1: right, there you okay. Well, whatever. When you get fired, don't blame me. All right. <laughs> um so Lightyear Frontier is literally just a another farming sim, but the twist that they've put on this one is that it's like a sci-fi farming sim. The premise is you're uh being launched spaceship style to like the outer reaches of the galaxy to like s- apparently there are these like semi-habitable worlds and you're in these like mech suits and you're basically farming and building up a little cozy farmstead on like an alien planet so it it, it reminds me a lot of like uh some of the aspects of like the No Man's Sky game mixed with obviously like stardew valley or harvest moon, like those kind of things. And then it has the visuals a little bit of like astroneer, Uh, not Mm -hmm. a, not as similar, but definitely like if I had to compare it to something, I'd say closest to like an astroneer uh, looking, looking game, but it's co-op to Nigel. It's up to three friends. Um, Oh,
0: what? Three. They picked three.
1: No, like you and three friends.
0: Oh, oh, I see. I was like, I thought you meant three max. I was very confused.
1: So I just feel like this is going to be a game that it feels like the kind of game that you can get and you'll just play very like casually for months. It'll be like not, you know, it won't be the Baldur's Gate or the Persona 5 or like whatever remake you're going to get game, but it'll be the game that you're like, I'm going to throw on Lightyear Frontier for a little bit. So it looks good. It looks nice.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty psyched for that game too. I like I said, I would have put it higher if I had realized it was it had a somewhat solid release date, but
1: I know I had to do um, a lot of really tough hard nose research, like looking the game up on Steam to get that info, but I believe in you.
0: I mean to be fair on Google it just says initial release date twenty twenty three and doesn't have a, a date on there. But anyways, on with the show. My next most anticipated game is Dragon's Dogma 2.
1: So what number are we at, just in case people are losing track?
0: that's This is my third one, which, yeah, it's the third one, but like I said, I'm not really putting any over another on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you
1: are. Yeah, you are. This is your number three.
0: I, I mean, I know it's not, but if you, okay. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Dragon's Dogma, the first Dragon's Dogma, was a really interesting concept where it's like an action rpg but it's more like cinematic i guess where like i guess uh, sorry let me rewind here so it's a third person action rpg and it's in a fantasy setting you pick between a bunch of classes like you know uh, an assassin a rogue an archer a ranger a knight a barber you know stuff like that but the two most interesting aspects of the game is one, you have a party in the game, sort of like a D esque party in the game. But the party members that you get are called pawns, and they are characters like you create your own pawn, and then you download two other ones off the internet that other people made. So you could have a party that's like you. Your pawn that's named like George, and then all of a sudden there's Shrek and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> or or whatever, you know, someone comes up with. But you just like you look up the pawns like you want a mage or like somebody and you download it. And then the other interesting thing is the combat is very dynamic, I guess is the word. And one of the more interesting parts of it is you can like if you're fighting like a big monster you can like climb on top of the monster and like uh hit like certain weak points on the monster and you have to like use your stamina to like hang on to the monster when it's like trying to throw you off and it has like a very epic uh feel to it and uh the the only thing is that the first one just kind of missed the mark in a few places where you would play it and you're just like Okay, the concept and like the groundwork here is really good, but there's just it's just not paying off in other areas to make me actually want to finish it. Uh, so I'm I've looked at gameplay of the second one, and it looks pretty tight. I'm really looking forward to it, and hopefully, it is good.
1: Yeah, that this is one that we obviously like I say we because you and me know this, even though the listener doesn't. Me and you had discussed this game ahead of time, and I had obviously heard of Dragon's Dogma, but I had never played it, and I knew that it had... I knew from listening to other people talk about it some of the it, the uniqueness of it comparatively to other ones, uh, like other games that are cut from the same cloth, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that one's definitely going to be, if you get it and you like it, you'll have to tell me what you think of it, but also I have so many, like, big RPGs on the back burner right now that... It'll be hard to get around to a game like that. But if it's good, you'll you'll have to let me know.
0: I um, absolutely will.
1: All right. So my number three, because I did rank them like we were supposed to, um, is a game called Angerfoot. <gasps> um, oh,
0: I've heard of this game. I completely forgot about
1: that, <laughs> dude. I'm. I If you want to talk about a game that I went from knowing nothing about to, like, after five minutes of research, I was like, I want this game as soon as it comes out. It's Angerfoot. Um, And the reason it's not higher on the list is because it strikes me as a game that I'll really, really like, but it's I feel like it's not going to be super long. Oh, no. Like, it's going to be super quick and super fun, but, like, it's not going to have, like, Maybe like as long of a staying power as maybe certain video games I'd like that I'm in that I want to enjoy, but it's a it's a first person like kind of beat' up like action game um this game I feel like we will definitely want to do an episode of the podcast about um, but man, it just if you i i it's so hard to describe the look of it uh the people it gives off such a like teenage mutant ninja turtle cartoony. Like ah, uh, the art style is so cool. It's like cartoony but also dark, and it's like you're just running through, like spraying bullets and kicking people and punching people. It just looks fun. So, I can't emphasize enough. If you're listening to this and you're curious, just Google "Angerfoot" and look at images or videos because it's definitely a striking game. But I think it'll, I think it'll easily. I almost, if I had to put my stamp on the most surefire, like, good game on my list, this is the stamp that, this is the game that would get that stamp. Like, this game is the one that I've, I just feel like it's such a simple premise that it's almost impossible. I said almost. I'd say it's almost impossible to mess it up. Like, for the most part, I think this game is almost a lock at being um, at least... Decently fun to play, so I'm looking well, forward it, to
0: it. It's also Devolver Digital that is publishing right, right. It, so right. that's a good sign say. I really like the stuff they do. They make a lot of like weird, quirky games. yeah. That have yeah. Really they have great stuff. style. Yeah, Hotline Miami being my favorite series from them. But right. um, yes. Yeah, so Angerfoot, yes, I am very much looking forward to that as well. Um, my second place game, which honestly. If if I had to pick a number one game, this is probably it. Then
1: save, save up, it for number one. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's yeah that's
0: all I was about to say. I was about to say, you know what? I'll just save this one for the next one. So the next game I have is a completely original game that is not a remake, and it's called Metal Gear Solid Snakey. <laughs> You're the worst. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so they are. I told you I had one more in the barrel. Uh, so this is a, another, like, ground-up remake of Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater, which is one of the more highly praised games in video game history. But only thing is, I tried playing the original years ago, and the controls were, like, so whack that i just couldn't do it (laughs) i want you to know
1: that you're part of the problem when everyone's like gosh they don't come out with new stuff all they do is make uh remakes
0: you're part of the okay to be fair this and persona 3 are like the only like remake remakes that i'm playing listen i I hear
1: you you're part of the problem
0: okay you know what hi it's me i'm the problem it's me okay that's very true
1: i'm glad you can acknowledge it
0: yes so i uh, have always been interested in Metal Gear Solid, but the older games are just so hard to play. Like, the controls are absurd. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. however, when I played Phantom Pain, because it just kept getting raving reviews, and it seems like they kind of updated that kind of stuff, I played that game and fell in love with it. And so, it looks like they're kind of doing something similar to that, but with Snake Eater... And so I'm really looking forward to it. And the premise of Snake Eater is that you play as Snake. And uh, it's sort of like a Cold War espionage-y type of game where you go to, I think it might be Vietnam. You go into a jungle somewhere. And uh, it's very, like, tactical where you have to, like, change camouflage, like, blend in with the environment and, like, make health with, like, herbs and stuff there around. So it's sort of like a survival-ish espionage third person shooter game and the gameplay for it looks breathtakingly amazing so i am pretty psyched for it even though it's a remake
1: even though you've mentioned what one actual new game this year uh, that's coming
0: out so far okay listen not every year can be 2023 okay
1: yeah but here's the problem i think there are and maybe this is better for the discussion at the end i think there like some pretty solid things i think you are just too jaded and you're worried that i think you're worried that too many things are gonna suck and i'm not and maybe we're on either side of the spectrum that you're too jaded and i'm too optimistic but i like to think that at least some of these games will be good
0: well if it makes you feel better the games the other games i'm really hyped for and i didn't put them in the top five solely because they didn't have a solid release date all of those are completely original
1: well, doesn't make me feel better because you didn't put them in the top five.
0: But either way,
1: here we <laughs> okay. go. So my number two is uh, a game which the if there is a game besides maybe like Star Wars Outlaws that I'm guessing most people have heard of that's on this list that on either of our list I w- besides all the remakes, uh, it's Skull and Bones. Um. So again, another game that me and Nigel did talk about ahead of time. Uh, obviously big asterisk on this game. It was already supposed to have come out a previous year. Ubisoft is making it Uh, lots of, you know, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk on that. But at the same time, I like to, I, and this is not me poking fun, Nigel. This is me genuinely saying, I think my mindset with some of these games, I like to buy into the marketing and truly believe that these games will live up to At least a fraction of the dopeness that they are, like, exuding. And when you look at other games that maybe came out and then got a resurgence when updates and other bug fixes and DLCs come out, I really feel like Skull and Bones might fit in that, like, category. Like, I have to imagine when it comes out, it won't live up to the hype that it's been building for years but I still think it'll be a good enough game. But it strikes me as a game that might get some legs under it after like certain updates and bug fixes are are happen. But as as I'm talking about a lot of the game, the game Skull and Bones, is basically like an open world pirate like action adventure game. So think like Sea of Thieves, but way more gritty and realistic looking because again it's Ubisoft, but also I'd say a little more maybe narratively driven than like what I'm guessing or not what I'm guessing because I played sea of Thieves. sea of these is so I get it there's a lot of that can you can put some hits on skull and bones but if it I mean if it lives up to like half the hype it's gonna be good
0: yeah I as I mentioned before the last ubisoft game that i was really blown away by was black flag and the reason that they made skull and bones right. was because of black flag right so uh so i think it'll be pretty good and then i have a friend here his name is chris what's up chris uh he he is the opposite of me when it comes to ubisoft he is he is a ginormous ubisoft fan (laughs) and so he he is super pumped for skull and bones he actually gave me a beta code for it and i tried to play it but unfortunately the code was only for pc so i couldn't use it Mm. um you don't think you've
1: had a single other game from ubisoft since black flag that you've liked
0: I don't. Th- I mean, it's not that I dislike them. It's that I play them, and I'm like, "Oh, this was good, but it wasn't sixty to seventy dollars good." Uh, that's fair. I are, I just did a quick look at some of the games,
1: and I feel like I could already prove you wrong with like a handful of them.
0: I, I mean, I'll I'll have to go back and look too. But that that to me, that's the last like truly memorable. When, when
1: did? Hold on, wait. You you talk about some. You talk about your game your number one game
0: my number one game okay so my number one game is a game called pacific drive which is not a remake of anything wait you know what's
1: you know what's hilarious pacific drive who's who makes that who's making that game
0: it's a studio i've never heard of called ironwood
1: yeah but who's sorry who's publishing it
0: uh i don't know one of the games
1: i talked about is one of the games I talked about, they're uh, publishing that game.
0: Oh, A44? Yeah. Or not A44,
1: but... uh... Ah, you keep talking.
0: No, it's Kepler. It's Kepler. Yeah,
1: Kepler. Kepler, who... I can't remember what game they were doing, but they're... Yeah, they're publishing that game, too.
0: A44 is a subsidiary of... subsidiary excuse me of Kepler. oh
1: yeah flintlock the siege of dawn i think is also kepler
0: so pacific drive i am really looking forward to because it kind of gives me like i was mentioning before like a very paranormal Mm -hmm.
1: twilight zone
0: ish vibe and i think i've talked about this before but i love the twilight zone (laughs) so any game that's like scratching that itch for me is a big deal And this is the description on their website. Pacific Drive is a first-person driving survival game with your car as your only companion. Your car is a station (laughs) wagon, (laughs) by the way. Of course Navigate a a surreal reimagining of the Pacific Northwest and face supernatural dangers as you venture into the Olympic Exclusion Zone. Each excursion into the wilderness brings unique and strange challenges as you restore and upgrade your car from an abandoned garage to access your home base gather precious resources and investigate what's been left behind in the zone unravel a long forgotten mystery while learning exactly what it takes to survive in this unpredictable hostile environment so you're just driving around in this station wagon that you've like turned into a war machine as you go through like this creepy forest with all this like supernatural stuff going on and it just looks i
1: mean it sounds it sounds dope it sounds really cool
0: Tight AF is what this game looks like. And uh, ever since I saw a gameplay trailer for it or saw the original trailer for it, I was like, that game, like, I will get that day one. And it's coming out February 22nd, so it's not even that far away. So uh, That's always nice. I'm very pumped for uh, that game.
1: Dude, there's like, okay, listen, Ubisoft puts out a lot of garbage. Also, mm-hmm. there's a handful of games that I feel like you would probably say were pretty decent uh, that Ubisoft has done since that game.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: uh, all right,
0: Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs 1 was a letdown. The second one was good.
1: Okay, still counts.
0: Um, okay, the third one was not. So, one right. out of three with Watch Dogs.
1: Any Far Cry 4 or later, if you liked any of those?
0: Um, I did... Like Far Cry Five, yeah. um, I never played the fourth one. To be fair, fourth one was uh, pretty good. The my favorite, like most people's, my favorite Far Cry was the third one. Right? Uh, oh, K- actually, I mean, no. Uh, Blood Dragon was my favorite one. That oh one was yeah, sick. well yeah, that's that that awesome one was one. so good. All right. Uh, um,
1: another one is uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Even if it's not your cup of tea, it's wildly successful game.
0: I. Okay, I can get on board with that. It's not my cup of tea, but I understand a lot of people.
1: Um, like it. Another one on that one, For Honor.
0: Um, I've never heard anything like wildly good about it. I've heard a lot of people know. that really
1: like it, and there's still a decent amount of people that play it now, from what I understand. Uh, South
0: Park, The Fractured Butthole. <laughs> oh, dude, I forgot about the South Park games. Sick All of right, Truth. <laughs> you got me. You got me. You got me. I take it back. I forgot Listen, the
1: Now Islands. I need to now I need to be completely transparent and on agreement with you. There's a ton of garbage that I'm sifting through to get to like the gold, <laughs> like, Right. Like, oh, there's some really like uh Tom Clancy's the division. Like I feel like the first game was pretty fun. Um there's a lot of garbage, so I will give you that, but uh Tom Clancy um Wildlands, I feel like that was a pretty good game. So, all that to I say. I think
0: I think the other thing about Ubisoft is like put a bad taste in my mouth is they've started to do a lot of microtransactions. Oh, uh, well yeah. Everyone games.
1: every everyone hates that. But
0: all that's that to been say. A huge turnoff for the me. The only
1: the only reason I'm bringing that up before I go to my top game is because I think it will lead to a brief discussion is because my top game is Star Wars Outlaws. Okay, all Be- right. Because two reasons. One, a lot of the star Wars IP video games that have been coming out recently are solid.
0: That's like, true.
1: I think, I think Lucas arts has really stepped up making sure. I think that their, uh, their games are like, like I, the IP is handled well of star Wars, which is ironic. Cause I feel like movie wise, they aren't doing that, but video game wise, they are, <laughs> um, but that's a that's a whole other
0: discussion. I I I think they're course correcting, and, right? And they've right. and they've been doing it well so right because
1: there was you know there were a ton that were bad, but like the new re-imple- reimplementation of the battlefronts of good Jedi Survivor is great.
0: Like that that was legit one of my favorite games last year. Jedi right. Survivor was phenomenal.
1: Right. So I I genuinely believe that even though it is again Ubisoft. I think Lucasfilm games, LucasArts, whatever their title is, is doing a better job of, I think, policing how their IP is being used. So I have, like, high hopes for for Star Wars Outlaws. So I understand the, like, hit on Ubisoft. I understand even a portion of, like, we don't know if it's even going to come out this year. It's been talked about for a while. It's been hyped up for a while. Like, I think if it were to come out this year, I think it will be such a good game uh i think tons of people will play it i think it will get a lot of uh like publicity and i think it's just gonna be fun like i think being in a star wars universe like that i feel like it'll be the first time if if what they're aiming for is true it'll be the first time being in a star wars universe like that since the knights of the old republic games oh like, wow like when it comes to like the open worldness and the RPG elements and, and stuff like that, versus most of the other really successful art like Star Wars IPs recently have been not like open world esque.
0: Yeah, I mean Jedi Survivor was like somewhat open world, but more in like a Dark Soulsy kind of way. Um,
1: right. Uh, in in a previous conversation, me and you had off off podcast. I would say it was more open zone.
0: I you know world. what Eric I would 100% agree with you. It was <laughs> no, it was it was very yeah, yeah, open yeah. zone. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like, and don't get me wrong. Like I want Star Wars Outlaws to be awesome. The trailer looks awesome. Right. I just personally feel like I've been burned too many times by Ubisoft for me to put all my chips in. You know, Nigel,
1: you, you gotta you gotta let yourself be loved again, buddy.
0: You gotta open up your heart. The last time I, I got hyped up for a game, Eric, I was standing on top of a motorcycle without a pants on, okay?
1: Yeah, but now That's you're <laughs> literally playing that game.
0: Yes, but it took but... years to get to that point to make it playable. Okay, first of all,
1: years is a stretch. I feel like it was like two years. Second it, of
0: all... That is more than one year. <laughs>
1: years. Okay, okay. Years, I feel like, gives off a different connotation, but regardless... I do believe, and again, this is, you know, this is always the danger and the excitement with doing any kind of these anticipating lists, right? Like, me and you consume all different types of media. I like board games. We both like movies and all this stuff. Like, this is the time of year that everyone who talks about a certain kind of media is doing this, right? The most anticipated movies coming out, the most anticipated board games, most anticipated books, video games, all this thing, right? And this is the same conversation that happens every year, right, is the the hype and the expectation balancing with realistic, uh, you know, desires and expectations for these things, Uh, because you have situations like games like Anthem and Brink and stuff where like they just did not meet expectation. But then you also have situations like Cyberpunk and um, No Man's No Man's Sky Where, like, there might not be an immediate meat of expectation, but if, like, there's a core fundamental, like, good nucleus there, they might be able to build off of it. So, you know, at the end of the day, do I think all seven of the games that I mentioned are going to be home runs? No, I think probably three or four of them are going to be solid like i'm hoping one is just great i'm hoping like skull and bones or star wars outlaws is you know the like elden ring or the the baldurs gate of this year the game that comes out that everyone loves plays and is like this is this is the game of the year right like i'm hoping that that's one of those games realistically though will they be who who's to say uh, but I just hope that it's worth the money and it's fun to play, you know what I mean?
0: I got you I got you so before we end uh, can I list off the other games that I did not add to my lists because they didn't have a solid release date?
1: sure, sure
0: okay, I'll be quick so first one is actually not a game it is a DLC uh, it is Elden Ring Shadow of the Earth Tree I was going to say uh, the Elden
1: the Elder Ring DLC yeah
0: Elden Ring, the year that came out, which I believe was 2022, I think, uh, absolutely dominated the video game market. Like it was game of the year for a countless amount of 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 like video game media uh, platforms. And so they've been working on the DLC this whole time. I'm super psyched to play it. And I'll probably be terrible because I haven't played it since I beat it. About two years ago. So um, the other game is The Wolf Among Us 2. Oh, Uh, interesting. Did you ever play The Wolf Among Us? I can't remember if I played it or if I
1: just watched some Twitch streams of it, but I'm quite familiar with the story.
0: Okay, cool. So the concept for the listeners, really quick, is basically the first game was based off of a comic book series called Fables, where it basically was about a fairy tale characters lived in the real world so like snow white uh three little pigs uh you know all the the whole gang and the person you play as believe it or not is the big bad wolf who just so happens to be like the sheriff of of their Mm -hmm. little like fairy tale town and the first game was so so good and Mm -hmm. uh very like choice and story driven and I think that was almost 10 years ago for that game. Oh, yeah. And it's important also to
1: and it's important also to contextualize. It's made by the people that do the all the telltale games. Yeah. Tales from the Borderlands. The Walking Dead is the big one. Um, The Game of Thrones game. Like if you've interacted with any of those games and you like that, it's super narrative focused with limited gameplay mechanics. Sometimes you're only making choices like, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a slam dunk.
0: Yeah, they're uh very similar formula across the board with those games. They did a good Batman series as well.
1: Oh, yeah, that's uh, the other one I couldn't remember. I knew there was another that, big IP they did. I just couldn't remember.
0: Also, the original came out in 2013, so it has been 10 years. Um, <laughs> uh, So they're finally coming out with a sequel, and I'm super pumped for it. Uh, Next game is Avowed, which is a oh, fantasy yeah. RPG by the folks at Obsidian Entertainment, who are famous for doing... Um, fallout new vegas mm-hmm. they just did the outer worlds not uh, wilds
1: uh, no you flip uh, oh yeah Outer Worlds. never mind you're right my bad
0: outer worlds yeah <laughs> I, I remember those two came out the same year and everyone kept getting oh yeah stuff.
1: it was super confusing
0: um so and that is a mostly original ip they had another game called like personal uh pillars of eternity that was like in the same universe but anyway and then the final game Is called Light No Fire, which is the new game by Hello Games who made No Man's Sky. And it seems like a fantasy version of No Man's Sky, which is pretty tight. And instead of like a bajillion infinite amount of planets, it's all on one planet. But according to their marketing, it is supposed to be the size of Earth. (laughs) Like... It, it is actually the size of Earth is how big the planet is. And you so, know what?
1: that That's a good game. That's a good example of it. They can even pull off half of that. That'll be a solid game that will be really fun to play.
0: Yes. And Hello Games has definitely proven despite the rough launch of No Man's Sky that they know how to like build upon the, the skeleton of mm-hmm. a game and yeah and move up from there. So I am I'm pretty psyched for the base game as well as what they end up doing with it and hopefully it is not as rough of a launch as No Man's Sky, but I'm sure I'm I'm sure that they have that in mind and will not make the same mistakes that they did <laughs> with No Man's yeah. Sky. And if
1: not, well, shame on them.
0: Shame on them, which which to be fair to them, I think a lot of their issues with No Man's Sky was just like them being a small studio and just being very unprepared. Uh, not right. un- un- unlike cyberpunk where it was just a bunch of ceos and board members that were like release the game now and right. just didn't right. care but uh yeah so that is my full list for 2024 most anticipated games remakes Alrighty. and all
1: well i uh yeah again we we m- maybe we'll do a uh towards the end of the year maybe we'll do another episode where we take a look back at these games and see how they
0: they went if they were good yes <laughs> yeah. well
1: one we'll see if they actually came out and then two we'll see if they were good i think that'd be a fun thing to do
0: yeah i think that would be a really interesting episode to do so all right till next time when we give you the remake of pixel snobs i am nigel <laughs> <And> I'm Eric. <laughs> and we will see you next time goodbye see ya Thank you.